going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter is at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports or Sports, one of the two. Either Immaculate. Way. It's, I should know this by now, right? Yeah. It's the emergency MLB postseason preview episode. So, you know, playoffs start tomorrow. Got to get this out. We want to talk about the season since it's been uh, football heavy. Exactly. Figured we split it up into two shows this week because we didn't want to throw a three-hour episode on you guys this week. And that had been a lot of work for me and Skyler as well. Uh, with speaking for that long, that had been kind of crazy. But just to get you set for tomorrow's matchup specifically, that way you know what's going on there. We have four games at least for sure on Friday and Saturday with a chance for four on Sunday as well. The first game tomorrow is a dandy. Shane McClanahan versus just not Justin Shane Beaver <laughs> in Cleveland starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're on the West Coast, get up early for that. If you're on yeah. the East Coast, watch it while you're having lunch. After that, the next game that we have is an NL matchup between the Phillies and the Cardinals in St. Louis, where Zach Wheeler is going to head head-to-head head with Jose Quintana, who has a Ooh. 2-0-1 ERA since he went to the Cardinals at the trade deadline. Good matchup there. Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, those guys playing in that game should be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, and then the 1 o'clock game, we have perhaps the best matchup of this entire wild card series, or at least the most intriguing one. And that's the Mariners versus the Blue Jays in Toronto, Luis Castillo, another guy that the Mariners picked up at the midseason deadline versus Alec Manoa. That should be a fun game there. And then the primetime game at five o'clock, we have you Darvish going toe to toe with Max Scherzer in New York. Uh, the Mets actually changed their profile photo on Twitter to a black Mets logo. So I expect it to be a blackout on Friday night there mm. in New York. And that should be a fun scene. All these games are on ESPN, uh, except for the Phillies Cardinals game, which is on ABC. So still kind of in that ESPN networking, but, uh, just to get you set for tomorrow, we got that, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show and the meat and potatoes of yeah. our show today. And we're starting off with the awards. Uh, so we're doing three different things this episode. We're doing the awards. We're doing team grades for all the teams that did not make the playoffs. And then our playoff predictions, of course, that's what everybody's coming here for. Let's start from the back, though. Let's start with the managers of the year. Skyler, who is your AL manager of the year? AL manager of the year. Uh, Going to have to go with my man from Baltimore this year. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but, uh, you know, spoiler alert, they got an A plus grade. Um, I really like what they're doing there and I'm forgetting his name. Thank you. Brandon Hyde. (laughs) My manager of the year is not a popular choice, but I'm going with dusty Baker, the number one seed in the AL. They lost Carlos Correa this year and it changed nothing about this team they just kept on winning and it's year after year now at this point where they lost George Springer you think oh maybe the Astros are going to take a step back they lose Carlos Correa the next year maybe they take a step back but no this team has still got the foot on the gas and they're the best team in the American League by quite a distance 
NL Manager of the Year. I'm going to go with Bob Melvin. I know it's a very top-heavy National League. Uh, they didn't win their division this year, but with all the distractions San Diego had, you know, Tatis already injured and then positive for steroids, uh, Bob Melvin held them in check this year. And uh, they're going to be playing on Friday night. Yeah. My manager of the year is going to be Rob Thompson, who went 65-46 and 46 in his interim manager spot for the Phillies this year, leading them – to their first postseason appearance since 2011, when that good. team was led by Doc Holliday. Those mm-hmm. teams were a big part of me and child, me and Skyler's childhood. But uh, Phillies are back, and Rob Thompson is a big part of that. Comeback Player of the Year. Now it's not an award that the MLB does, but it's always a fun award to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so AL Comeback Player of the Year awards go. Yeah, it's uh, Verlander, 100% here. Uh, we're gonna for sure talk about him more. Uh, so we'll stop right there. Verlander for me as well. On to the NL. Albert Pujols, 24 homers. We thought he was done. He, he came back, got the 700, did a little more, and he's not done too. He's, he's, he's in the playoffs, man. Albert's a great one. Uh, I went with Kyle Schwarber, though. He was hurt for a good amount of last year and then came into this year. Uh, didn't hit for the best average, but ended up having the most home runs in the National League, yeah. leading the way with 46. Obviously, nowhere close to judges 62. But still, 46 homers is a great tier, and uh, I go Carl Schwarber for my NL Comeback Player of the Year. Reliever of the Year, a couple dominant closers this year, one in the AL and one in the NL that really stand out. Skyler, mm. who is your AL one? Yeah, my AL's got to be Emmanuel Classe. You know, the Guardians play a lot of close games. Having him coming in the 8th and the ninth uh, helps a lot. Yeah, I think that's something we'll see a lot in this postseason with the Guardians is how good their back of the bullpen is with Karen Track and Clause. I went with Clause here as well for my reliever of the year. On to the NL. NL's got to be Edwin Diaz, right? The uh, the trumpet thing was one of the biggest stories of the season. Yeah, sound the trumpets. Edwin Diaz is my NL reliever of the year. Rookie of the year in the AL. This one seems to be pretty unanimous. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez. Um you know, we knew this guy was good, but already an all-star in his first year is nuts. You know, honorable mention to uh, Witt and Jeremy Pena, the shortstops. They're going to be good, too, but J-Rod's a superstar already. Yeah, I went with J-Rod here as well. Uh, it's it's too obvious. The the Mariners, we thought maybe there was a chance J-Rod wouldn't be the greatest because of how Kellenic turned out and how Taylor Trammell has kind of turned out and Kyle Lewis not doing that well. But they got 100% right with J-Rod. He will be one of the faces of the MLB for a long, long time. On to the National League one. Uh, this one is in between two different guys, Spencer Strider and Michael Harris together. Who was your pick here? I went with Spencer Strider because I, I see a young Max Scherzer here and Spencer Strider. I, I don't want to uh, you know, rush anything here and, and be comparing him to a Hall of Famer. But just the guy who can come in and get a ridiculous number of strikeouts, you know, immediately uh, keeping the pitch count down too is nuts. You know, Michael Harris, uh, great for him too. Uh, we'll talk about him later, I'm sure, with the Braves here in the playoffs. But uh, going with Strider. Yeah, this is a really tough choice. Uh, so I decided to do co co okay. winners. Okay. I think this is one of the few scenarios where you can really give out a co winner is when they're on the same team. Yeah. And their production is just so close because it's really a flip of the coin, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, Michael Harris is a stud. He's the youngest player in the MLB, too. Spencer Strider maybe has a little bit better numbers, but he's still a little bit older than uh, Michael Harris. And I think that factor that, uh, that Michael Harris is 20, 21 years old. Yeah. 
gives them that little bump and it ends up tying them together and getting that co-award there. On to the, the big awards. AL Cy Young, Skyler. Justin Verlander, man. He's been terrorizing our team for 10 years now. And uh, it, it continues. Comes back from Tommy John better than we've ever seen him. The lowest ERA by far. Shout out to Cease and Otani. You know, amazing years too. Without Verlander, those two have a, a coin flip for the award. But uh, got to go with Verlander. Yeah, Verlander's – it's crazy to – to even think that this guy was up for this award this year. And he he took the, the baseball world by storm again. And Verlander is the AL Cy Young of the Year. And no one, Sandy. Sandy from Miami, man. Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara. I, I'm not sure how to correctly pronounce it. But, um, you know, it, Burns, Urias, Freed had awesome seasons. But, uh, you know, Sandy leaves them in the dust. It's yeah. crazy. This one was probably the widest margin of victory for any of these awards. Sandy was, he was a, one of a kind, one of a kind. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of pitchers in the uh, 2000s in general that eat up these kind of innings. Yeah. On to the NL or AL MVP. Uh, there was a bit of conversation here, but I think after hitting 62, we kind of both know who this guy is going to be. Yeah, you have to give it to Aaron Judge, you know, all-time AL home run leader. I, I kind of feel bad for Otani because I had him as my AL bust before the season started because I didn't think he could possibly keep up with what he did last year, and he did even better than last year. Uh, so I'm sorry, Otani, but uh, this one's going to Judge. Yeah, I wish I could put Otani here, but Otani's going to end up winning six or seven of these things. So I went with Aaron Judge. NL MVP, this one's pretty straightforward as well. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, we talked about uh, around midseason his Hall of Fame case, and you know he needed this MVP, and I, we think he got it. You know, Machado, Arenado, Pete Alonso for second place. I don't really care. You know, those guys were awesome too, but they, you know, Goldie didn't slump. Some of these guys had had moments this year when like, oh shit, you know, they're out of the race. Yeah, Goldie is the guy. It's that mm-hmm. simple. He's been so good. Cardinals have been really underrated this year, too, I think. Uh, so give it to Goldie. And then we get into our team grades. And we also added one other thing, the best thing for each team this year. So that could yeah. be a guy coming up, some guys developing, whatever it may be. Uh, we'll start off from the bottom. We're talking about all the 18 teams that did not make the playoffs. And we're starting off with the 55 and 107 Washington Nationals. Yeah, I'm going to give the Nationals a D grade this season. The only reason it wasn't enough is because they got some good stuff back for the expiring contracts. Juan Soto's tough, but look forward to the new faces. I think Cade Cavalli is going to be another one of those National League workhorses. Um, so you can watch him next year. <laughs> yeah, I gave him a C minus, uh, partially because the record was so bad. Yeah, but I bumped it up a little bit because I think they tanked the right way. You know, if you're going to tank, go all in. Don't have a 60-win team, eh, or not 60-win, but like a 70-win team and kind of screw over everything for you. Be the worst team in the league. Sell your best players and get the best possible prospects that you can get back. And that's exactly what they did. They got Gore, Abrams, Hasselwood, and Susana combined with Elijah Re- or Elijah Green yeah. in the draft. Uh, they already got some good prospects there in Brady House and Kate Cavalli, like Skyler was talking about. 
farm system's good and it's only going to get better with the high draft pick this year. Mm-hmm. Next up is our Oakland A's who went 60 and 102. I'm going to give it a D plus. I think they're a year ahead of Washington and on their side is they know who's a part of the future plans. Now, you know, obviously we don't know if all these trades are going to work, but so far it looks pretty good and uh, they just need to find their three hitter and uh, not get wrecked with the uh, draft lottery. Yeah. I give it a D plus as well. And I, it's kind of a similar reason for the best thing that I saw with this team is that they started to bring up their young guys and we got a little yeah. bit more clarity of the future. And mm-hmm. the end of the year, we saw Jordan Diaz. We saw Ken Waldachuk. We saw guys like Dermis Garcia, Connor Capel, who wasn't even in the system in August, but come in and play well for this team. And I think when you see that you can have a bit more hope for the future. Uh, I like the farm system. Soderstrom looks like he might end up just stealing that three hit role but if you yeah. get a dylan cruz and get that number one pick in the draft A's he's got what they need to be to have a typical A's rebuild where they're bad for two years and then good in that third year mm-hmm. next up is the pirates who went 62 and 100 they're also going to get the d plus they were really bad again uh i think it's time to lock up some of the young talent and try to set a a, a winning year a date where you're going to start Start winning. O'Neill Cruz was really good, though. Uh, that's on their side. Yeah, I gave him a D. But the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for this team this entire year is O'Neill Cruz is a dog. In 87 yeah. games, he had 17 homers, 11 stolen bases, and had an OPS of 744. And he heated up in the last month of the season, too. In the last 30 games, he had an 879 OPS. So O'Neill Cruz, who got off to a slow start, was really putting some good wood on the ball late in the season. Mm-hmm. Next up is the Reds who also finished the same exact record as the Pirates 62 and 100. The Reds are going to get a D for me here. Um, the best thing to watch for is the young arms. It's got to be Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. We got to see him throw a lot more innings, but the biggest thing to look forward to is the Votto retirement tour because their top prospects aren't going to be up for three years. It's going to be bad. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I give him a C minus and I really like what the Reds are doing as okay. far as their farm system goes. I think they did really good in the Sunny Gray or not the Sunny Gray, the Tyler Maley trade where they got Edwin or not is Arar and Carson Strand. I think his name went Spencer Streer and some other guy in that trade as well. They did really good. In the Luis Castillo trade, getting Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, and that trade. And I think they have the four pieces, the four pillars that can change their franchise around. And Ellie De La Cruz, Noel V. Marte, Hunter Green, and Nick Lodolo. And so I give them a C minus. But still, they lost six. They only won 62 games. So they didn't do good. The Royals, 65 and 97. The Royals are going to get a C minus from me. I have Bobby, Vinny, and Brady. Okay. They have some really exciting young players. You know, they probably won't have to blow it up like, uh, you know, we thought they might have to. Like another team we're going to talk about here pretty soon. So uh, I'm interested in the Royals and uh, please don't blow it up. It's cool. I gave them a D minus because I expected a little bit more progression from this team this year and they just did not show that at all. The big plus, though, is Bobby Witt is legit. 
20 and 30, so 20 homers and 30 stolen bases, yeah. but he just seems a little bit more disciplined. He only had 30 walks and 632 plate appearances this year. That's not going to cut it when you end up being a three hitter and a lineup like that. The Tigers, 66 and 96. Yeah, uh, the Tigers are going to get an F. And uh, even if the Royals you know, year wasn't ideal, I, I still think it's miles above the Tigers here. This year was a disaster. Injuries, prospects struggling, Javi Baez. We don't even need to get into that. Um, honestly, the best thing for them might be to blow it up, except I just don't trust the GM. So I guess run it back one more year. And uh, if you have similar results, you got to make some changes. I know there's yeah. a lot of old guys, but but still, come on. I'd give the Tigers an F. I thought this team would be surprising, and they ended up having a worse year than they did last year. The best thing that for them this year was Miguel Cabrera's 3,000 yeah. hit. That's Really, the only positive that I saw with this Hunter Green, or not Hunter Green, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson were underwhelming. Casey Mize, Tariq Scooball, and Matt Manning couldn't stay healthy. And when you got a combination of those five things going your way or not going your way, you get an F grade. Next up is the Texas Rangers, who finished with a 68 and 94 record. Yeah, the Rangers are going to get a D. I think it's similar to the Tigers here. I, you know, I expected them to be a lot better than this. Maybe not in the playoffs, but they made some big signings. Um, I think you got to keep building around Seager and Semyon. Um, but you got to look forward to Rocker and Lighter to save the franchise. I I give them a C minus because I think they found the the two good players to complement Corey Seager and Marcus Semien because yeah. Nate Lau can rake mm-hmm. and Adolis Garcia is a stud as well. The pitching is a tough thing about this franchise in general. I know Kumar and Jack Leiter are there, but they need some big league ready guys on their team right now, and they just don't have a starter that I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna go win you a game you know, 20 out of 33 times in the year. I'm not asking them to be a 20 game winner, but at least have the team win in 20 of those 32 or 33 starts. And they don't have a single guy on the roster right now. I'm like, yep, that guy can do it. Colorado Rockies, 68 and 94, same record as Rangers. I gave the Rockies a C, you know, they got the injury bug. The Dodgers won 110 games. It's tough. You know, it may take some time, but I do like what they're doing with the lineup. You just got to develop some pitching, and that's what you look forward to. There's young guys coming up every year. Hopefully one of them's good. I gave him a D-. minus. Daniel Bard was good. Yeah. Everything else, and even the extension for Daniel Bard was the wrong move to make. CJ Crone should have been gone. Yeah. McMansion had been extended. Iglesias probably should have been traded because he was good. Charlie Blackman, what is he still doing there? Chris Bryant didn't even hit a home run in Colorado. Why do you not trade a closer who has a one nine six ERA in Colorado, who's thirty seven years old, and you extend him? Marquez they don't was bad. Trust their their uh, their farm. Freeland was bad, but you know how you get to trust your farm is you make the trades mm-hmm. that get you the prospects, and they did not do this. The GM, I don't know his name, but I don't even think he should have a name because he sucks at his job. On to the Marlins, 69 and 93. Well, Marlins get a C plus. It's all Sandy, man. Sandy in all capitals. The lineup's really shitty, but they're an arm factory. I think they should try to go buy a lineup like Philly did. I give them a C minus. I said Sandy is a rare breed. 
There's not pitchers like him in the MLB yeah. nowadays. Pablo Lopez is a great two. Rodgers was not good this year, but maybe he can have a bounce back year in the future. Jesus Lazardo looked to be solid, and they got some other guys in the system like Yuri Perez, Sixto Sanchez, if he's actually real, because I guess he's getting mm. surgery now. And I don't. Max Meyer. Not a single fan has ever seen Sixto Sanchez play. <laughs> you know? So maybe Sixto Sanchez was a thing that the MLB created in 2020, and he's just artificial intelligence. I don't think he's real. Uh, as far as our lineup goes, it's only jazz. It's really only jazz. Everybody else on their team was below average. And jazz was hurt for most of the year too. So you didn't get any offensive production. And that's what led to them losing yeah. 93 games. You know, if Derek Jeter tries to sell the team. You know, something's wrong. Yeah. The angels 73 and 89. Yeah. The angels are going to get an F here too. It's another wasted year for the two best players in baseball. Uh, look forward to one last year with Otani boys. Yeah, they get an F. Uh, I let, I said Shohei and Trout. Uh, I think some other things that worked out well for them was Taylor Ward, Patrick Sandoval, yeah. and Reed Detmers. Those mm-hmm. three guys look to be some pretty solid pieces for the future. But Walsh was terrible. Joe Adele was terrible. Brandon Marsh was bad enough where you had to trade him. I do like that trade, though. Logan Ohapi is a stud. Monty actually weird piece, though. He is a weird person. I mean, if you're trying uh, to compete for a World Series, why are you trading for, for Mickey Moniak as your starting center fielder? Uh, Anthony Rendon injured, yeah. and Max Stassi, the contract extension that he got last year, does not like to be working out too well because he had a OPS in the 500s this year, and that's not good. On to the Cubs, who went 74-88. and 88. I'm going to give them a D-plus because they should have been better this year. Um, I know there's a lot of distractions, Contreras leaving, that you need to find his replacement. But I think you should keep the lineup together. You know, Suzuki, Happ, and Horner weren't bad. Um, and they're just they're just kind of a slightly above-average team. You know, maybe that that means packaging two guys for an all-star or, or resetting at a position, get some prospects. But it's weird. I, I guess this, this current regime isn't going to work. I gave him a C-minus. I say the biggest thing that happened for them this year is two things. Wilson Contreras is no longer overrated. He lived up to his hype finally. And the Scott Efrosh trade where they got Hayden Wazinski. Yeah. Hayden Wazinski is a fucking stud. 2.18 ERA with a .94 whip in his seven or eight starts in the end of the season for the Cubs. He is so good. And the Cubs, they won that trade. Next up is the Diamondbacks at 74 and 88. And this is where me and Skyler's grades might turn up a little bit here. Well, I'm actually going to give Arizona a B for this season. Maybe an overreaction, but they, they found their young stars, man. Walker, Carroll, Gallon, Jordan Lawler's not even up yet, but they're going to be close. You know, they might have to uh, take down the Dodgers at some point, but giving them a B. I give them a B as well. Nice. And I think that's because they found their core this mm-hmm. year. And they really, really found it. Dalton Varsho, Cato Marte, Josh Rojas, Jake McCarthy, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Christian Walker are all guys that like cemented their roles in yeah. their franchise this year. 
Zach Gallen is a top tier ace. So you have that number one guy that's going to go ahead and get you that 20 wins out of 33 starts for you. Besides that, they got to find some depth pieces around them. I think Paven Smith didn't really turn out too well and the rest of the rotation didn't do too well, except for maybe Merrill Kelly. But the Diamondbacks, they flipped the page from being bad the past five, six years. And I think they're going to start turning around here soon. The Twins, 78 and 84. They're going to get a C plus. It's another one of those teams that I feel like they just need to stay healthy to compete in the Central and uh, re-sign Correa. Because if you don't re-sign Correa, you have no power in your lineup. I gave them an F. I expected the Twins to be good. They fell off. The two things that I said were good is that Louise Arise and Miranda both rake. On to the next team as I got to flip my page. The Boston Red Sox, who also went 78 and 84. They're also going to get a C plus. It's similar. I I think they need to keep everybody. It may be hard to keep Devers, um, but maybe go get a pitcher because, you know, your pitchers aren't going to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, obviously was disappointing, but this was the Yankees year. So I'm not too upset with Boston. I gave him a D minus. I thought the Red Sox would be a lot better. And I think the best possible move for this team is to blow it up. I think you got to trade Devers, get a lot of stuff back for him. I think Xander Bogart sleeves, JD Martinez is getting old, but you got Verdugo. You got, uh, I'm blanking on Max Meyer. You got Nick York. You got Tristan Cassis. Yeah. yeah, You got guys. Yeah. Marcelo Meyer, that's yeah. it. Uh, he, all those guys are good. But they don't align with the current roster that you have. I mean, the only qualifying pitcher, this is kind of going away from what I just said, but the only qualifying pitcher that they had this year as far as the ERA goes was Nick Pavetta. And he wasn't good. So you got to change something up. And I think the Red Sox need to go into a full rebuild. And I think that starts this year with perhaps trading Rafael Devers in the offseason. Next up is the Giants, who went 81 and 81 for the first time in their 140 year mm-hmm. franchise history. They're going to get a C. It was a bummer after last season, but, you know, this next free agency was the year we knew they were going to go all out. So uh, they're going to try to get their judge or their ace or Shohei or whatever. So, uh, you know, uh, it's just a C. They were average. I give them a D. Uh, they won 107 games last year, and they couldn't even make the playoffs the next year. Uh, Rodon and Webb is a great one-two punch, though. But everybody else is old or sucks. The White Sox mm-hmm. also 81 and 81. The MLB's most mediocre franchise ever. Should probably be an F, but I'm going to give them a D. I'm a little generous. Uh, they should have fired Larusa last year, but the pitching staff is really good. That's why they're not an F because. They don't have to do much. I give them a D minus because I think some of the injuries they couldn't really do anything about. Mm. Uh, and the injuries are the main thing that led them to that really shitty season for them. Would have been an F though. Uh, but the big things though, that I think you got to take away Dylan Cease has Cy Young stuff and he really blossomed into top of the rotation guy, top of the league type guy. And Eloy looked really good once he came back from his injury but the bad outweighs the good. Louis Bob does not look to be that top-tier guy that we expected him to be. Tim Anderson had a down year. A.J. Pollock was not good. 
And the White Sox just in general just were not good. Next up, Baltimore, 83-79, and 79, onto the winning teams. Yeah, they're going to get an A-plus this year, man. Lots of young talent. It's going to be exciting to watch. They're a lot closer than we thought they were. I gave them an A. I would have given them an A-plus if they made, they the, made playoffs, the playoffs. But since yeah. they yeah. tailed off a little bit there, I gave them an A. But they got their core for the lineup of the future. I think the thing that's missing is the pitching. I know Grayson Rodriguez is there. But besides that, I don't really see too many guys. Maybe D.L. Hall. But I don't really see too many guys that really fit into the rotation yeah. of the future. I think they got to go ahead and make a signing or make a trade, whatever it may be, to go get a guy that can fit into that rotation as a as a vet and as a two or three starter mixing in with Grayson Rodriguez and whoever they want to put there. But they get an A because of how good they were in the second half of the season, bringing up Atley, bringing up Gunnar Henderson. Both those guys made dividends right away. Lastly, the Brewers, the best team that did yeah. not make the playoffs. Uh, the Brewers are going to get a C plus. It's one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. That's always on your side here. But Yelich said it the other day. They need to find their identity. When they traded Josh Hader, we didn't know what they were doing. We still don't know what their plan is. So uh, that's a bit concerning. I give them a C minus. I thought this team would definitely be a spot in the playoffs, and I did not think the Phillies would be the team that goes ahead and takes that from them. But C-minus, the good things, Woodruff rebounded from a slow start, and Corbin Burns is still amazing. A little bit more on Brandon Woodruff, though. He had a really bad first half, but after the All-Star break, a 2-3-4 ERA, and uh, looked like his normal self. Freddy Peralta, wish he would have made some more starts. I think he only ended up making 17 or 18. Uh, so they only got about a half a year from him. But when you have those three guys, Skyler's favorite, Aaron Ashby, Eric yeah. Lawler as perhaps a five, Adrian Hauser as perhaps a five, you got one of the best rotations in all of baseball. And uh, they just couldn't hit. Yelich is Yelich. Hunter Renfro ended up being the best hitter this year, and it just didn't, it didn't look good. Let's get into the playoffs now. This is the main event. Like we mentioned earlier in the show, playoffs start tomorrow. Wild card round goes through Sunday if all the series go to three. We'll start off with the AL wild card. Uh, that first game tomorrow is Cleveland versus Tampa Bay in Cleveland. How do you see that series going? And in how many games is the winner going to need to win? I have Tampa Bay over Cleveland in three games here. I know Cleveland's got the home field. They were looking pretty good, like their pitching staff, but... Tampa Bay's got too much firepower, man. That top, uh, those top two uh, wildcard teams in the AL are pretty nuts. I really like Cleveland, man. I'm a huge fan of the rotation. I'm a huge fan of Andres Jimenez. I like uh, Med Rosario. J-Rod, not J-Rod, J-Ram is amazing. And I'm picking them. I think they're the next young guns in the AL. They, uh, they're going to beat the Rays, who have a shit ton more experience than they do and they're going to take them down in three games. What about the other AL matchups, Skyler? Toronto versus Seattle in the six. I'm going to take Toronto in two games. I think if Toronto beats them in the Castillo game, this game one, uh, their lineup's just, just too hot right now. Uh, Seattle's not going not gonna to force a game three. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll be rooting for it for the young guys, you know, uh, in Seattle to do well, but I, I just don't, I see this one ending quickly. You know? 
Yeah, I say Toronto over Seattle in two games. No Jesse Winker, no Sam Haggerty in the series. Yeah. And the biggest thing of all is Toronto is the hardest place yeah. to play as an opposing player in all of professional sports in the playoffs. There's nothing like the Rogers Center. And if Luis Castillo doesn't have a three up, three down, immaculate ending first, the Blue Jays fans are going to find something to rally around. And when you can get under yeah. their nerves, I know Luis Castillo has pitched great in some big spots this year. He dominated the Yankees like three times and two of them being in New York. But there's nothing like Toronto in October. I'll say that right now. Toronto in two. And oh, wild card now. Philly in St. Louis. Who's winning and how many games? I got St. Louis in three. I think the Philly lineup will, will steal a game from them. They'll hit some homers, but St. Louis is really complete team this year. Yeah. I say St. Louis over Philly in three. I think this is going to be an underrated series because the Wheeler-Nola matchup that the mm. Phillies can throw at the Cardinals in the first two games is pretty damn good. But the Cardinals just have endless experience. Better than pretty much anybody uh, in this entire playoffs. Pujols, Yachty, Wayno, who isn't even started in the first two games, plus Goldie, plus Arenado, all those dudes that have been there before. Give me St. Louis in three. New York versus San Diego in the Big Apple. We already talked a little bit about the blackout perhaps tomorrow with Max Scherzer on the mound yeah. on Friday night prime time. How do you see this series going, Skyler? And then how many games? I got the Mets in three games here. I think the Mets are going to be pissed. They just lost out on the division, even though they had the same record as Atlanta. And uh, when you throw Scherzer and DeGrom one and two, that is possibly the best we've ever seen in a playoff series. You know, there actually has been some talk that Buck Showalter has yeah. said that maybe they don't throw DeGrom in the first two games. So you could save okay. them for an NLDS if you win those first two games or pitch them in game three. I think it kind of depends if you win game one, if you win game, if you yeah. lose game one, you got to throw to ground yeah. game two. Uh-huh. Cause if you lose game two, you get swept and you don't throw to ground once you're getting fired. It's like, <laughs> it's like when the Orioles didn't use Zach Britton against yes. the blue Jays. And guess who that manager was? Special Walter. Walter. You yeah. know, you got to use your guys, but I don't think it's going to matter. Mets over the Padres in two games. I think that Ooh. the Padres lineup isn't going to do good. Uh, especially against those two guys in New York. I'm looking forward to these environments, man. I think they're yeah. going to be super fun games to watch, watching the TV on some super high volume uh, goosebumps and all that shit. It's going to be fun. On to the ALDS, we'll switch over to the American League. Uh, first series for me, uh, I guess for you, would be Tampa versus the Yankees. I have Cleveland Houston. versus the Yankees. Ow. I was at Tampa Houston. Uh, never. I thought the Tampa was six. Never mind. They never are mind. six, but uh, it doesn't. I don't think it goes based off. Oh, of, it doesn't. No, it doesn't oh, go shit. off of the highest remaining. It's just based off of the, the bracket that they have. I think. Oh, I apologize. All good. I think it's like that. Uh. Wait. As part of the new collective bargaining agreement with the Players Association, Major League Baseball expanded the postseason field from 10 to 12 teams ahead of the 2022 season. But the AL and NL have three ball cards. Uh, top two seeds are soon. 
Other teams will pair up for the best three wildcard series. Which, uh, yeah, so it's 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 the Rays or the Guardians versus the Yankees. Ah, okay, okay, my bad. It's all good. So, Rays and Yankees. It's not going to change much. I'm going to take the Yankees in five games over Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay's got the experience, but uh, Yankees are hot right now. So in these best of five DS series, I have the Guardians playing the Yankees here. And like I said, the Guardians wow. are that team. That'd I'm taking cool. them to beat the Yanks in the zoo in four games. Cleveland's just got that dog in them. And I know the Yankees had a great first half. I know Aaron Judge is this godlike figure. But the Yankees pitching just isn't what the Guardians is. I'll say that. I think Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill is better than Cortez, Cole, and Tyon, wherever you want to throw in that third game. Give me the Guardians and give me them in four. Next up is the Houston and Toronto series with the number one seeded Astros hosting that series. Yeah, Houston's going to win this one in four. Uh, it's, I mean, they, they have possibly the four best you can get i know we talked about the uh, the Mets starting situation but houston's got probably the deepest rotation man yeah houston's got a team that's been there before uh, i love toronto but houston is just it's houston man and in october they don't mess around give me houston in four nlds now uh this would be atlanta versus st louis who do you have in that series and in how many games yeah, I have Atlanta in uh, in four games here. Uh, it should be a good good series. Last year, or two years ago, sorry, it was a pretty good series. But Atlanta's that team right now. They're possibly better than their team last year that won it all. Yeah, I think they are better than the team that they had last year because they added Michael Harris. They got Acuna back, Spencer Strider. Matt yeah. Olson is just under Freddie Freeman maybe. Uh, but it's they got better overall. And as much as I love the Cardinals, I wish I could pick them, but I can't. And I don't even have them winning a game here. I say Atlanta in three. Wow. Perhaps the series of the NL playoffs here. This one's going to be a fun one if it ends up happening. The Dodgers and the Mets. Who do you got here? Two big fan bases. I got the Mets winning in five here. Ooh. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm just a little selfish and want to see a, an Atlanta Mets NLCS, but I got the Dodgers losing in their first round. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's something about this. This just makes it a trap series for me. And uh, I like the Mets. I feel like we forget about Dodgers on how good they are because of they've been so good for so long. I wanted to pick the Mets here too, but the Dodgers just have so many guys, man, on offense, pitching, whatever it may be. They just got dudes up the fucking ass. And so I I say Dodgers in five. I think it's going to be a great series. Scherzer going against his old team. But you can't can't beat the Dodgers. Dodgers Let me five. dream. On to the ALCS. Skyler has Houston and the Yankees. I have Houston and Cleveland. Yeah. What is your pick there in that? That rivalry, man. The Yankees Astros rivalry is legit now. And if they get an ALCS matchup, it's only going to heat up even more. 
Absolutely. I expected to be a, a heated series here, but I got Houston in six for that reason. I think Houston's a, a lot better team, but six games because of the atmosphere, you know? Yeah. So I have Houston and Cleveland or against Cleveland here. And I say Houston over Cleveland in six games, the Astros, as much as I like the guardians are just so much better than every single team in the AL, in my opinion. Mm. And that's why I'm going with them. One and then six games and not seven. I said I wanted to put maybe five, but I gave it another game of respect to the Guardians in there. NLCS, Skyler has Atlanta and the Mets in NL East matchup. I have the Dodgers versus the reigning champ Atlanta Braves. How does that NL East matchup go for you, Skyler? I got the Braves winning in seven. The Mets are going to get them back at first, but it's not going to be enough. Atlanta's going to uh, finish it out at home. I have Atlanta over the Dodgers in seven games. Like Skyler said, this series, regardless of the two teams, is going to be really, really close. That's why I gave it seven games. I hope it goes seven just because those atmospheres are so much fun to watch, especially in a place like L.A. Give me the Braves, though, the reigning champs. Go back to the World Series. And we both have a World Series rematch, not the Dodgers, the Braves and the Houston Astros, who wins the World Series, how many games, and who is the World Series MVP? You know, I, I didn't want to have the rematch again. I tried really hard, but, you know, her every in situation I was thinking through that could possibly happen here. These are the two best teams right now, in my opinion. I have Atlanta in six again, and uh, my MVP is going to be Michael Harris. You know, I think uh, it's traditionally been a spark plug. I think this guy can hit a clutch homer and steal some bases in the same game. That could be a game clinching game uh, or series clinching game. Sorry. And uh, obviously, if if the big three, you know, Swanson, Riley, and um, who am I forgetting? Oli lineup and Acuna? and, Oles, uh, and Acuna, uh, I mean, I they know, got, right? I know, like right? a big eight. I don't even like, know who to like, say I know there. Swanson's, when he, he looks at a fastball right now, it looks like a, a freaking bowling ball. But uh, I'm still going to go with Michael Harris because of the, the clutch factor I think he can bring. Yeah, you said in how many games? In six. Six. Uh, I have Atlanta win the World Series again. They repeat, and they do it over Houston in seven games. Give me a World Series game seven. There's a couple different picks here for the World Series MVP. MVP. I'll go down to one specifically. Yeah. I like Dansby because he hits good pitching as good as anybody in the entire league. But I think there's some different matchups for him in there. They don't really see a guy like Framber Valdez. He's kind of unique as far as those top tier pitchers go. Verlander, he's Verlander, but he's not that guy throwing 99, 100 now like he was a couple years ago with the Tigers. So I'm going with the guy that wasn't on that World Series team last year and deserved to be, and that's Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. Game-winning home run in Game 7. Not right. a walk-off because I'd be in Houston, but yeah, give me Ronnie, man. That's cool. You know, I, I'm all for Atlanta this year, man. Let's go, man. Braves in seven. Braves in seven. Start the chant. Yeah. All right. Oh, that was a fun one. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You trying to get canceled? I was in the chop right there, but uh, 
Yeah, me and Skyler both got the Braves winning this year. That's going to do it for our MLB review, MLB postseason preview episode. Ah, oh, man, I'm so pumped. Yeah. It's going to be fun to talk about next Tuesday about the stuff that's happening. We'll be into the DS series at that point. I believe they all start on Tuesday, I think. So we'll be one game in for half of them and one game like currently going on and one game not started yet for there. Uh, it probably football, won't change too much of our opinions, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unless Cleveland loses for you. Man. But uh, that's going to do it. All righty. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Go National League. Don't let the Astros win, please. <laughs> that's true. <laughs>